You are listening to Press Church Podcast. Please enjoy this week's message. We're talking about thanksgiving today. 1 Timothy 2, chapter 1 is the scripture that we have been studying this whole month. Therefore, Paul, writing to his son in the faith, one of the last letters, and he's encouraging Timothy as he's coming to the end of his life. He's telling him all of these things. This is what you need to do. This is what you don't need to do. I need you to do this. Go over here. Go do that. If you read First and Second Timothy, you can see the heart of a father teaching his spiritual son what he needs to do to carry on the faith, to carry on the ministry. And he says in 1 Timothy 2, chapter 1, Therefore I exhort, first of all, that supplication prayers, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men. That at the end of this month, we have learned how to spit it out in our prayer life. And the last thing that we're talking about is giving of thanks or thanksgiving. That word in the Greek, that giving of thanks word, is eucharistia. E-U-C-H-A-R-I-S-T-I-A. The Greek word for giving of thanks. E-U-C-H-A-R-I-S-T-I-A. It means thankfulness or giving of thanks. No secret there. Giving of thanks means giving of thanks. In the modern day dictionary of what thankful means, it means a feeling or expressing of gratitude, appreciative. That when we're thankful, we have a feeling or we express our gratitude and we are appreciative. That being thankful is something that has to be taught, is something that we have to remind ourselves of. I am currently in the process of training and teaching my four-year-old how to be thankful. If you have children, you've done the same thing. We have to teach our children to say thank you. We have to teach our children to say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, thank you, please. My son came up to me at the beginning of church and said, Dad, I want four donuts. Oh, okay, well, just here we go. Or, please, can I have some donuts? Let's not get crazy with four. His grandmother's watching him in nursery right now, and so she's, she's probably regretting that I gave him three donuts. And before he ran off, I said, hey, 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 what, what are you supposed to say? Thank you. It's something that has to be taught. It's something that we have to remind ourselves to be thankful. We now live in a society that feels entitled to everything. And there's no thankfulness anymore that we have to stop ourselves in the store. We have to stop ourselves in the house and I need to say, thank you, honey, for cooking that meal. It's a wonderful meal. I appreciate that. Thank you for cleaning the house. Thank you for teaching the child. Thank you for taking care of me as one of your children. Now we have two children as well. Thank you for that. She says the same thing to me. Thank you for being an amazing husband, the best that there ever was. Okay, all right, I see we're also talking about faith today. We're just saying those things that be as, not, as though they were. Let's talk about some antonyms of thankful, the opposite of being thankful. And let's see if this applies or doesn't apply to your life. The opposite of thankful 
is displeased, dissatisfied, joyless, sad, unhappy, unpleased, or unsatisfied. So if you're experiencing any of those things in your life or in a situation in your life, the way to reverse that is to do the opposite of those things and be thankful. If you're unhappy about something in your life, well, in that moment of being unhappy, you need to be thankful about the potential of what God can do to change that situation. If you're displeased in your job, if you're unsatisfied in a relationship with your children, with your spouse, with your brother, your sister, your parents, if you're sad for any situation, and any of those opposites of thankfulness show up in your life, then when those things show up, something needs to go off inside your head, a little light bulb, and say, oh, I'm not being thankful in this situation. I need to go in prayer and pray thankful prayers. We could all have reasons to not be thankful for events that have happened in our lives. But we have to choose to be thankful and give thanks. It's a choice that we have to make. And you have the opportunity to give thanks. Thanksgiving, the word give thanks is in the word. I can give a lot of things. Well, this situation is coming against me. It's not working. Well, I can, I can give a pity party to that situation. When it comes to our prayers, we've probably all prayed, maybe it's just me, the pity party prayers to God in a sad, unhappy, dissatisfied way. Well, God, where are you? God, what are you doing? God, do you care? God, why did they get healed and I didn't? God, why are you showing up in their life? God, I prayed the same prayer and you answered them, but you didn't answer me. Now, those are all words and prayers that I've prayed myself, so I'm, I'm admitting my faults in front of you right now. But when you pray prayers of thanksgiving, God, thank you for showing up in this situation. God, thank you that your scripture says this, and you're changing my situation. God, thank you that the devil's already defeated, and I'm going to be victorious in this situation. See how the prayer of thanksgiving can change what's going on in our lives, can change our mindset, can change our attitude, can change who we are. Instead of being dissatisfied about everything, if we're just thankful. God, I know this situation looks like there's no way out, but you're the way maker. You'll make a way where there seems to be no way. You'll show up, and I thank you, and I'm looking for that way out right now. You present that way, and I'll walk right into it. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thank you, God, that I fear no evil, because your rod and your staff, they guide me and they guard me. Prayers of thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a practice that should start in our prayer life. And because it starts in our prayer life, it will overflow into our everyday life. That as we're thankful to God, we'll then be thankful in our lives. Let's look at some, some, some teaching 
that the Apostle Paul wrote to Gentile churches, Colossians 4, chapter 2. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. And it's important that as you pray, your prayers are wrapped and soaked in thanksgiving. As we continue visually in our prayers, we'll see that thanksgiving is an overflow outside of our prayer room into our everyday life. Look at what Paul says to the church of Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 5, 3 and 4. Got some big words here, but fornication and all uncleanliness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for the saints. Verse 4. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. Let's go back to verse 3. This is Paul telling us things that we shouldn't be doing in our lives. Fornication, uncleanliness, covetous. Don't let that even be around you, fitting for you. Don't do these things. And then in verse 4, he says, these are things that you shouldn't be saying. You shouldn't be talking filthy. Shouldn't have foolish talking, shouldn't have coarse jesting, but what you should be doing in your day-to-day talk is giving of thanks. So as we continue earnestly in our prayer lives, we have thanksgiving in our prayer lives, and as we go through our daily lives, we can go back and correct ourselves and check ourselves as what we're saying and what we're thinking and what we're doing, oh, that's... That's not thankfulness. That's not giving of thanks. I I shouldn't have said that. Thank you, God, for changing this situation. Philippians 4, 6 through 7, Paul is writing to the church of Philippi. We all know this scripture, but let's break it down today. Be anxious for nothing. If I'm being honest, I'm a little mad at Paul for that statement right there. Because in the Greek, that word nothing means no one, nobody, or nothing. Be anxious, don't worry, don't be all caught up in your cares over no one, nobody, or nothing. It's like triple negatives right there. Terrible English, but... But that, in my flesh, me as Jeremiah Land, kind of rubs me the wrong way. Because I worry about things, if I'm being honest. I get anxious about things. I mean, I'm even having the baby. My wife is having the baby, and I've got some anxiousness about us having this baby. I don't have to push. I don't have to deliver. I just have to stand there and cheer her on. All right, you're doing good. Thank God it's not me. (laughs) But I've got to check myself. Be anxious for nothing. Okay, well, how do I do that? Because I feel like I'm failing in that area all the time. I look at my bank account, I'm anxious. I'm at work, and I get an email, I'm anxious. My wife walks by with the belly, and I see it, oh God, the baby's coming in two weeks, I'm anxious. The car makes a different noise, the house makes a different noise, my wife makes a different noise, I'm anxious. So how can we not be anxious? Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. And what are we going to wrap it in? With thanksgiving. 
So when you're anxious, when you're worried, when you're caring about something, it says cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. It says you wrap everything, prayer and supplication with thanks, let your request be made known to God. So when you're anxious, when you're worried, when you're caught up in your nerves, your fear, whatever it's going on, is the time to stop and pray, be thankful, and make your request known to God. When you do that, let's see what happens on the other side. The next scripture says, and the peace of God. So when you're anxious for nothing, you bring that prayer and supplication, you wrap it up in thanksgiving, you make your request known to God. God, I've got this going on. We've got to talk. We've got to work through something. Thank you that you're going to show up and meet this. I know you're going to do it. I need answers. It says the peace of God is the direct result and answer to that request. The peace of God, that which surpasses all understanding. Things that you don't even know, things you don't understand, surpasses all understanding. And what's it going to do? Guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Because when you're anxious, when you're nervous, when you're worried, you've got that, at least for me, you've got that weird sick feeling in your stomach. That little cringe in your stomach. Ooh. Your mind is racing. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if that doesn't happen? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? When the moment of anxiety, when you make your request known to God, the peace of God shows up. And that word guard means a military guard. That it says it protects and, and, and prevents any external forces from coming and attacking you. It's the idea of a military trying to go and overtake a base and there's somebody guarding to not letting them come in. So all of those evil thoughts, all of the demonic attacks, all of your mind, your crazy ideas that are coming against you, it says that the peace of God will be there to guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Wow, the grace of God is so good. Because when we get caught up in our nerves, anxiety, depression, any of those things that are happening, coming against us, we feel like we've got to do something to prevent it. But this scripture says, pray, the peace of God will show up, and God will do all the work. God will guard your heart and mind. No, 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 not today, depression. No, 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 they've already prayed. They've already prayed. Not today, anxiety. Get out of here, cares. They've already cast their cares upon me. He's defending your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Wow. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. He's already fought the battle. He's willing to keep fighting the battle. He's not afraid. He's not worried. He's not anxious. Well, what if something gets through? What if something happens? No, no, no. He's guarding your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. And you want to know how powerful the peace of God is? You want to know how powerful the God of peace is? Let's see what Paul says in Romans when he's writing to the church of Roman in uh, Romans 16, 20. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. So the peace of God that he's talking about, that God of peace, he's not just this shepherd that's petting a lamb, although he is that. The God of peace is also a warrior who says, I will crush Satan in your life. 
Thank you, God. Puts a whole new perspective on the peace of God. Puts a whole new shift of like, you hear peace and you just think of this calming brook, everything okay. But my God of peace is a warrior. Set up, ready to defend my heart and my mind. So in our thanksgiving, we thank God for who he is. A lot of times we get this idea of thanking God for what he's done, which is important, but it first has to start with just thanking God for who he is. Thank you for being holy. Thank you for being worthy. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for sending your son. You didn't have to send your son. Thank you for opening the new covenant for me, the Gentiles. Just thanking God for who God is. Thank you that you're the healer. Thank you that you're my peace. Thank you that you're the Savior. Thank you that you're everlasting. Thank you that you don't change. Thank you that you're on my side. Thank you that you're coming back for us. Just thanking God for who He is. But also thanking God for what He's done. It says that He who knew no sin became sin so that we could become righteousness. It says that he took stripes on his back so that I could become healed. It says he became poor that through his poverty I might become rich. It says he became a curse so that I can now be called a son of God. Thank you, Father. Thank you for what you've done. In 1 Chronicles, it's a, a psalm that is read that David wrote in 1 Chronicles 16. It's read before the whole people. And after the people get done hearing them read this psalm, it says the people rejoiced and praised God. I'm just going to read one scripture out of it. 1 Chronicles 16, 34. We've heard this scripture before. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, and His mercy endures forever. You might have heard something different that God is angry at you. God still hates you. God still doesn't like who you are. God does this. God sends that. No, no, no. God is good. We thank you that He's good. And His mercies endure forever. That means His mercies have saved me up to this point for all of the things that I have done, but His mercy endures past me. His mercies endure past me. Because I'm probably going to do something tomorrow. I'm not planning on it. I don't want to do it. Chances are, I'll say something, I'll do something. You can ask my wife, I'll probably do something stupid tomorrow. By the time I get home, I might do something stupid. But His mercies are new every morning. His mercies endure forever. His mercies are already there for me. That's the beauty of it. When you fail... His mercies are already there to catch you. His grace is already there to pick you up. Well, I bet you God didn't know I was going to sin like this. Man, this is, this is a doozy. I really messed up here. It didn't shock God. But God already provided the mercy, grace, love, and support to help pick you back up. 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of His knowledge 
in every place. As a Christian, everywhere you go, you are diffusing the fragrance of his knowledge everywhere you go. That puts a new step in my walk. That when I walk into the grocery store, when I walk into a gas station, when I walk into work, when I walk into my house, when I walk into my kids' room, when I walk into whatever, I am diffusing the grace of His knowledge everywhere I go. The situations change when I walk in, not because of who I am, but because of who God is in me. I'm diffusing the fragrance of His knowledge in every place. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Something happens when you start wrapping your prayers in thanksgiving. Your prayers start changing. Your prayers will start changing from thank you God for this that you've done in my past. Thank you God for this that you've done in my past. Thank you God for this. And you're going to start praying thankful faith prayers for your future. Because look at this scripture. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. I don't even know the battles that I'm going to come against tomorrow. I don't even know them. I'm not there yet. I haven't seen them yet. But God already says, he's already led me in triumph. Thank you, God, for the victory. The next verse I have is 1 Corinthians 15.57. We've heard this scripture before. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He causes us to triumph in all things, past, present, and future. He gives us the victory, past, present, and future. That as we're being thankful in our prayer and in our lives, all of a sudden our prayers turn into prayers of faithful thankfulness. Thank you, Father, for my baby that's coming. Thank you, Father, for the delivery that's coming. Thank you that there's no complications that are going to happen. All of a sudden I'm praying these thankful prayers that are being sent out into the spirit realm. Thank you, God, for this job that I have. Thank you, God, for the new job that I have. Thank you, God, for my spouse. I guess not thank you for my new spouse. That might not work, but (laughs) thank you, God, for my children. Thank you for their futures. As you're thanking the Father, you'll find yourself thanking God for future things, stepping out in faith and believing that you're at, your future is going to change because of how good God is. Thank you. Thank you for healing me back then. Thank you for saving me back then. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. But as your prayers and thankfulness grow, so will your, your faith in your prayers grow. And I've got one last thought as we finish up. Thankfulness when it comes to our worship. In our everyday life as we talk, as we pray, and how we worship who God is. There's a scripture in Hebrews 13, 15. Therefore by Him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. Hebrews 13, 15. Therefore by Him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. Uh, One of my pastors and, and mentors from Bible school 
taught us this and taught us this through this scripture. And it's something that helped me when it comes to worshiping God. And really one of the reasons why I raise my hands during worship. In the scriptures, we see that Jesus bled five times. He bled in his circumcision. He bled at the Garden of Gethsemane. He bled at the whipping post. By his stripes we are healed. He bled with the crown of thorns being placed on his head. And he bled at the crucifixion. So five times we see Jesus bleeding. His circumcision, the Garden of Gethsemane when he's praying so much, drops of blood, stripes on his back, the crown of thorns, and the crucifixion. Now when he was crucified, he bled five times. His right hand, his left hand, right foot, left foot, Put your left foot out, put your left, no, okay. And his side, five times, right hand, left hand, left foot, right hand, right foot, and his side, five and five. Now in the scriptures, we know that numbers play a significant role in the scriptures. Forty, forty days, we see that all the time, the number three all throughout the scriptures. But the number five, let's see what the number five means. The number five means God's grace, his goodness, and his favor towards humans. Hebrews 13:15 says, "Therefore, by him let us continually offer the sacrifices of praise to God, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks." The reason that I raise my hand is when I raise my hands, I see the five times that Jesus bled for me. I see the five times that Jesus bled on the cross, and I see the number 5 of the grace and the favor of God that he's placed upon my life, and all I can do is let the thankfulness flow off of my lips. one of the reasons that I worship. It's the one of the reasons that I raise my hand because I can see five and five. I can see the grace. I can see him bleeding. I can see what he did for me. And in that moment of worship, all I can say is thank you. Thank you, Father, for what you've done. Thank you for blessing me. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for restoring me. God loves when we deny our flesh, get out of our comfort zone. He loves when we do that. It's uncomfortable to say thank you. It's not something that's normal to us. We have to teach it and basically beat it into our children. And as we get older, (laughs) sometimes we have to beat it into ourselves. I need to say thank you. I need to be more appreciative to the people around me. I need to be more appreciative and thankful to the God above me. And he loves when we get out of our comfort zone. And worship is one of those amazing times to do it, especially when we do it corporately. We can come together. Nowhere else outside of school do we really raise our hands anymore. It's kind of weird. Just try it. Go to the... Go to the grocery store today and just walk down the aisle. Somebody will come and talk to you real quick or nobody will come and talk to you. But it's something and what we do here when we worship and why we worship it, it takes us out of our comfort zone to put our focus on Him 
And God loves when we step out of our comfort zone and do something different that we maybe never done before or that's awkward to our flesh for him to show up in a powerful way. And it would be wise for all of us to practice our worship, practice our thankfulness, practice our communication and prayer and talking to God. Because if you are saved, then you are going to go to heaven. Amen? And if you go to heaven, God is going to be there And yikes, you're going to have to talk to him there. So you should probably start practicing talking to him now. A couple weeks ago, we talked about in John 17, where God prays for you. We talked about in John 17, where Jesus prays for the people who are coming into the kingdom. He prays for the future believers. You didn't know you were in the Bible. I want to show you a second time in the Bible where you're also in the Bible. You, you're in the Bible. Let's look at it. In Revelation 7... Verses 9 through 12. After these things, I looked, this is John, and beheld a great multitude, which no one can number, of all nations, all tribes, all peoples, all tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. If you are saved, you're a part of the kingdom of God, and this is you and your future right here. Didn't know you were in the Bible. You learned something new today. There you are. Look at you. A Willistonian. Hanging out. And what are you going to be doing? You're going to be before the throne, before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in your hand. The next verse. And crying out with a loud voice. Oh no, you're going to be worshiping and you're going to be doing it loud. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne in the Lamb. We're all going to be yelling that in unison as we see our Savior, as we see our Father. And then everybody's going to join in. The next verse says, All the angels stood around the throne, and the elders and the four living creatures, and fell on their face before the throne and worshiped God. And what are they going to be saying for the rest of eternity? Verse 12, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom. What's the word? Thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. Thanksgiving is something that we'll be doing for eternity. So you might as well start now. You might as well, might as well practice it now. Because if you don't like it now, heaven, yikes. Go cut down a tree in your yard and maybe just practice waving that for a little bit. (laughs) So as as we finish today, we see the power of thanksgiving in our prayers. Continue earnestly in your prayers and wrap it in thanksgiving. Start thanking God for what He's done what he's doing now, what he's going to do in your future. Just thank him and worship him for who he is, for what he's done. What a blessing he is. He sent his son. He's done all these things for us. As we finish this sermon series on prayers, we've learned over the last five weeks how to spit it out. I just want to say thank you again for your faithful prayer walk. However you've been praying and, and, and walking through understanding what prayer is since you said yes to Jesus, thank you. Thank you for being faithful in your prayer walk. Thank you for trying to figure out how to communicate with God. 
But hopefully in this sermon series, you've learned something new. Something that you can add to your prayer life. The prayer life that you already have, the prayer life you've been walking out and working through all these years, hopefully over the last five weeks you've learned something. Hopefully over the last five weeks you've been confronted with some things that can help you grow in your prayer life. We've talked about how prayer is a tool belt. God gives you this tool belt. Here you go. Here's a way that you can communicate with me in the natural to change and affect the spiritual. And over the last five weeks, we've put in supplication in our tool belt, how we can pray for what we need, but we can also pray for what we want. We've put another tool in our belt called prayer, where we want to pray the prayers that God wants us to pray. God, what do you want us to pray? Another tool that we've added to our tool belt is intercession, praying for others, going out into this world and seeing somebody going through something, and us praying for them and seeing the manifestation happen in their lives. This morning as I was getting ready for my sermon and I was going through it, a couple people came across my mind. I'm not tooting my own horn, I'm just telling you how simple this is. Somebody that comes to church here is out traveling today, sent him a text this morning and said, hey, sorry you can't be here, love you, bless you, praying for safe travels as you're going somewhere. Thought about another friend of mine who's a worship pastor somewhere else. Sent him a text. Hey, buddy, thinking about you this morning, praying about you. Whatever worship set you're doing today, you're an anointed man of God. You sing like you're called to sing. The favor of God's on your life, and you change the atmosphere of that church. Simple text. I'm not trying to brag on myself. I'm just trying to show you how simple it is. But once you send the text, actually pray for them. Actually actually pray. Don't just, hey, praying for you. Actually, hey, God. Thank you for them. Thank you for blessing them. Another tool that we've added to our tool belt, how we can pray for others. Another tool that we've added today is just thankfulness. In all my prayers, I can wrap it and coat it and soak it in thankfulness. Thank you, Father. Just thank you for what you're doing. And we have learned, we've been encouraged, we've been challenged to spit it out. Because Press Church is going to be known as a praying church. We're going to be known as a praying church. We believe in the power of prayer, and we believe that we want to pray for people inside the church and outside the church and see it affect and change this area or region. And the things that you've learned, things that you've learned over your Christian walk and the things that you've learned over this month, go back into your prayer closet Start praying because what you do in private and what we do corporately, I believe, will change this area, will change this region, will bring hope, will bring future, will bring salvation, will bring healing, miracles, will bring God to this area. The prayers that people have been praying in this area over and over and over all these years, let's couple together with those prayers and let's be the change of this area. Father, we thank you today. Thank you for this church, Father. Thank you for this congregation. I think you've allowed me the opportunity to pastor this amazing congregation and be a part of this amazing town, Father. Thank you for each and every person here. I thank you for their lives. Thank you for their testimony. I thank you for the things that you're doing right now in their lives to help them. And I thank you for the future and blessing that you're bringing them into. 
Father, I thank you that they are the head and not the tail. I thank you that they are above and not beneath. I thank you that they are blessed in the city and blessed in the field. They are blessed right now in the name of Jesus. The favor of God surrounds them like a shield. Father, I thank you that this is a church that believes in healing. I thank you that by Jesus' stripes, we are already healed. I thank you for the healing in each and every person's body right now. That sickness and disease cannot reside in their body because by Jesus' stripes, their body, which is the temple of the Most High God, is already healed. Father, I thank you that they have the mind of Christ. I thank you that you're moving on their behalf. I thank you that you're speaking to them, that you're encouraging them. As they draw near to you, I thank you that you're drawing near to them. I thank you for building us up in our prayer life, for where we are right now in our prayer life, that you're taking us from glory to glory to glory. Our prayer lives are only going to get stronger. It's only going to get better. Our communication with you is only going to get pure. We're going to hear your voice. We're going to obey your voice. We're going to heed your voice. We're going to tell people, about you, Father, I thank you that I'm in a room full of people that are the salt and light of the earth, a city set on a hill that refuses to be hidden. Father, use us this week. Encourage us to use our prayer and spit it out this week. Bring people across our path that we can encourage, that we can love on, that we can bless, that we can lay our hands on, that we can tell them about the gospel, that Christ died for their sins According to the scriptures, he was buried in a tomb and rose again on the third day. Now, Father, bless your people. I thank you that you cause them to prosper in everything they do this week. Bring them back safely. Thank you for the people that are coming to this church. Thank you for the sons and daughters that are coming to this church. Thank you for Stephen and Dig right now. I thank you that you are preparing his heart to say something that will impact each and every one of our lives as he is impacting this community. Thank you for your people. Bless them. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you so much. We love you. Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.